Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is calling 2023 the LeBron year. Brandon Siegel, how you doing? I'm doing well. This is LeBron's year. Um, as probably, like to be f- frank, every year has been his year uh, since the year he's been born, as he is a uh, just, you know, a great fellow. Um, but look, we, we got a lot more to talk about than just the NBA today. Um, of course, the third member of our podcast is the lovely, uh, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? I'm fantastic. I mean, I I don't know how you can complain about being part of the LeBron year. I mean, it's going to be a historic year, um, not only for LeBron, but just, just for, for goats in general as LeBron is one. So, um, I'm excited. It's going to be a good LeBron year. I'm very happy. Don't, if anybody has the audacity to call it the MJ year, they're just wrong. I mean, if you want to name a year after the second best basketball player of all time, you can. Um, but I would never do that personally. Nah, that's so just disrespectful. It's, it's absolutely the LeBron. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's it's a little disrespectful. I mean, I mean, he's the greatest basketball player of all time. He's going to become the all-time leading scorer of the NBA this year. So, um, absolutely the uh, LeBron year. We're going to cap it off with a with an unprecedented um, NBA championship by LeBron this year. Nobody has any faith in him. I have faith in my guy. Uh, he's going to will the Lakers, put him on his back. And they're going to win the NBA championship this year. I'm calling it right now. Oh, you're wow. Saying, you're saying no oh. one has faith in the Lakers. I have faith in the Lakers. I don't know what you're talking about, but I, I think the they're Lakers gonna, are going to win. Right, two they're going to win the championship. The it's faith. a simple Trevor. Trevor, yeah, it's Trevor. as simple as this. When you have LeBron James, you're always contending. This is true. That is true. <laughs> oh, my. I don't, I don't care about the scrubs he's playing with. It doesn't matter. He, you are always he contending. He puts the team on his LeBron back. James they win games. That's this what he does. It's what he's always done. The man is 30-whatever years old. Doesn't matter. Age is just a number to him. He's playing like he's 23. Yeah. Yeah, unlike Tom Brady, gates, uh, another goat. Tom at the end of his career here just sucks. So vastly different situation. Even though he just, won. <laughs> though he just won a Super Bowl two years. Vastly different. Yeah. LeBron won a championship like two years ago. It's a yeah. vastly different situation. Tom Brady is forty three, the greatest athlete of all time. But look, that's neither here nor there. We have a great podcast coming up here, so let's get right into it. We're gonna start in college basketball, Trevor. Um, we, we've had some good games, I think, uh, over the past week, but nothing crazy. We're finally getting into some league play here. Um, so why don't you break down some, some important games that we've had this past week? Yeah, absolutely. So another quieter week, not quite as quiet as, uh, the week before. Um, but we, we did have some, you know, pretty big results that I wanted to mention. Uh, first off, I want, I wanted to mention LSU upset at, uh, number nine, Arkansas on Wednesday, 60 to 57. Um, Arkansas, you know, they're, they're still playing very well, but they have now lost two key pieces um, to their rotation. They lost Trevon Brazil, who I think was technically their sixth man back in early December. He's supposed to be out for the entire year. That was a pretty big loss. And now another even bigger loss, I would say, uh, Nick Smith, you know, probably, I think in a lot of people's minds, the best NBA prospect on this team. In a lot of draft boards, Nick Smith is... Um, at at least top 10. Some people I see have him top five. So Nick Smith, a guard for Arkansas, he is out indefinitely. Um, Now indefinitely is kind of like an unknown. Will he be out for the whole season? It's possible. Um, But maybe he can come back in March. Obviously, Brandon and I certainly are hoping so because we have a vested interest in Arkansas as we drafted Arkansas as part of our college basketball pool draft that we did. So we will see. Obviously, hope the best for uh, Nick Smith. Hopefully he has a quick recovery. Um, and he can get out back the, back out there on the court playing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. They will need him to make a deep push. A um, yep. couple other games here. Missouri beating Kentucky. Missouri now has two big wins over Illinois and Kentucky. 
Um, Missouri only has one loss on the season. They are currently not ranked, but I expect that they certainly will be ranked come tomorrow, Monday. Um, Missouri's been really good. They have a senior, Kobe Brown, who was named after the great Kobe Bryant. Um, And he had another amazing scoring game in this Kentucky game. Just really, really good. Missouri's been awesome. Obviously, Dennis Gates, uh, the new coach coming from Cleveland State. And right out of the gate, I mean, he's brought a lot of his guys over. Um, You know, like, I I think he has a lot of transfers on this team. I was listening to a podcast a couple days ago, and they said that I I think the stat was seven of the top eight scores for Missouri were not on the team last season. So... Dennis Gates, I mean, a lot of the credit has to go to him for how this Missouri program has been completely turned around in just one season. Last season, they won 12 games. I think they already have 12 wins on the season. Uh, Before the new year, they had 12 wins. So very impressive stuff there. Um, Last one I'll mention is Xavier beating UConn 83-73 to yesterday. This was probably the, I guess, the the most most notable game of the week because they were both ranked teams. Uh, Xavier was the home team going up against the unbeaten UConn Huskies, and they beat them. UConn is no longer undefeated, uh, 83-73. Just a really good game. Colby Jones in particular for Xavier. Uh, you know, he was a standout, played a very good game uh, there, and just an impressive win. You know, Xavier, they were ranked 22nd in the country. They're going to move up, obviously, after this win. They've been really solid, and they have, surprisingly, a lot of talent. Like, they have a couple guys here who you might argue could be drafted, potentially, for Xavier. So that now leaves us with two unbeaten teams left in college basketball. Purdue, um, who I would expect will be number one. Uh, Well, they already are number one, actually. Um, They're undefeated. And then we have New Mexico, the New Mexico Lobos, who just entered the top 25. They are also undefeated. So two unbeaten teams remaining in college basketball. Um, And, you know, as we get into the new year here, it's going to we're going to have a lot of good conference play really getting in full swing. Now we have a lot of good games coming up this week. So I'm just excited for all of it. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's I I really think this is gonna be a great year of college basketball, mainly because I don't think there's any like one great team. I I'm getting like deja vu. Didn't we say this last year? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point it's just kind of a product of what college basketball is. You know, like it's just constantly there's always parity. It's it's kind of the reality of of what college basketball is, and I think it makes it so fun. But yeah, I agree. I think the the even bigger point is that a lot of the teams that we saw at the top of the rankings in the preseason are not who's at the top now. So I think it's, you can argue, it's even more of a shakeup from what last year was just because like Purdue and UConn, who are the top two teams in the country currently, obviously UConn's going to fall after the loss. Neither of them were in the preseason top 25. Whereas you look at a team like North Carolina, who was the number one preseason team in a lot of polls, they will, they're, they're number 25 in this poll uh, as the latest, but they just lost to Pittsburgh. So obviously they have underperformed their preseason expectations. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. All right, let's 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 move along here uh, to a little bit of college football. Um, first, we got to talk about this. Trevor Ben, we, we met up this past week, um, and on Monday we went to go see our Bowling Green State University Falcons in Detroit playing the Quick Lane Bowl. We got to at least mention this because um, we were all there. We had a good time. Uh, we did not play our best. Uh, the team did not perform how I think, you know, 80% of the fans wanted them to that were in the stadium. But Ben, I'm going to go to you first. What are your thoughts on, on, on the game that we saw? It was awesome, dude. It was, I mean, it was, and yeah, they lost the game, but honestly, like, it's upsetting, but it was just such a cool experience that I don't really care that they lost. Like, it's fine. It's a bowl game. 
Um, it was just really cool to see like a meaningful football game. I mean, we our, our Falcons have not played a lot of meaningful football games in the last whatever five six years that we've been following them. Um, so it was really cool to see a meaningful football game where you had. I mean, probably had fifteen thousand Bowling Green fans there that that truly were into the game and that they were actively, you know, uh, you know, trying to will this team to win. And again, they didn't win the game, which is frustrating. But one, New Mexico State played well. That quarterback played phenomenal. Um, and it, it was just it was just a really cool experience. It's something I won't forget. I I'm I'm praying, and I, I think I said this after the game. I was like, I'd be cool with them just playing in this bowl game every year. Yeah. Because it's an easy drive for us. It's an easy easy access for us to get to. It's a nice stadium to play in. Um, it was just, it was fun. It was really cool. I think the fact that it was so close to Bowling Green made it even that much more enjoyable because you had such a large crowd there, um, su- supporting our Falcons. Really, really cool. I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I'm praying that we have another chance to do something like that again in the, in the near future. I, I sure hope so. I very badly want to go, uh, to, to more bowl games, Ben. Um, so anytime, and look, anytime we go to a Bowling Green football game, or bowl game specifically, I, I'm going to be there. Trevor, your thoughts on this game quickly. Yeah, so just the game itself. I mean, obviously our Bowling Green Falcons made a lot of mistakes. Unfortunately, they had a fumble uh, in you know opposing territory. I think they were within like the New Mexico State like 15, 10-yard line, something like that. They fumbled the ball. Obviously, the big thing was Matt McDonald going out, getting injured early in this game on you know what I thought was a late hit. I don't even know if it got, I don't think it got called as one. Seemed like a late hit. He was, you know, going out of bounds trying to, you know, get the first down. Obviously, he got hurt, which Matt McDonald, he's obviously starting quarterback. has been a huge part of the success of this Bowling Green team this year. And for him to go out there, obviously, was huge. Um, you know, and Camden North, he came in, you know, he, he played all right. He played as best as he could. He, he did help Bowling Green kind of rally back. But at the end of the day, that bad start, you know, made it so that it was a lot to come back from. And, you know, there wasn't enough time on the clock to to get all the way back, even though uh, Bowling Green, you know, they, they made a lot of mistakes, and they definitely could have won the game, but uh, unfortunately they didn't. As far as our experience as a whole, it was it was a lot of fun just to see that many Bowling Green fans, like you guys said, in Detroit. It was really cool. Even when we went to that restaurant we went to, and you just walk in immediately, it's just like a sea of orange. Like, that was just, just that moment. I was like, this is awesome. Like, there's so many fans here that are here for Bowling Green, haven't been in a bowl game since 2015. This is what it's about. This is awesome. I, I This is non-football related, but I think it's a must, Ben. We have to talk about it. The tater tots at that restaurant oh. were some of the best tater tots I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, what oh what was the gosh, restaurant called? we got to give them a shout-out. Uh, uh, it was called Tin Roof. Tin Roof in Detroit. Yep. It's right Tin near the stadium there. That, you guys oh, got the man, best that, tater tots I've ever had. And if the thing is, and we, we can make we can turn this into a food podcast, but like it was like they were the perfect amount of crunchy. The seasoning was so good. Um, they, some of the best tater tots I've ever had in my life. I would I would drive back four hours right now. I would too. I would too. I hundred percent. And the chicken was great too. It, that restaurant was great. And here's the thing: it before the, before there's a little story time. Before I was telling Trevor like uh, if if a, if like a restaurant has like a low fours rating, it tends to not be good. Because like how people do ratings are weird. Like like people basically give it like zero or five. That's pretty much all everyone does. So then, when there's not enough five, like people will give even restaurants that they think are okay five star ratings because it's just five or zero. So I was like low fours is not a good rating, and that restaurant had a low fours rating. But Trevor picked it out. Trevor Trevor made a good good decision, good pick. Um, so yeah, best hair thoughts I've ever had. Tin roof, 
Tin Roof Detroit. I, I think that was worth mentioning, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, let's get to some more important college football games. Um, that happened yesterday. We had the college football playoff. TCU and Michigan played. TCU ended up winning 51-45. And Ohio State-Georgia played. Uh, Ohio State had a chance to win at the end with a last-second field goal, but lost by 1.42-41. Um, both these games were were just I, I I had so much fun watching these games. I unfortunately didn't get to catch all the Ohio State Georgia game. I watched most of the TCU Michigan game. Um, so I got a lot of thoughts on Michigan as you know I'm the the resident Michigan fan on this podcast. So I'm gonna go to you guys first, Ben. Let's start with you. Any thoughts that you want to poke out there about Michigan before I I go on my little rant? So my, my prediction and my thoughts for this game going in. Um, well, kind of the exact opposite of what happened. I expected Michigan, I expected it to be close, but I, I expected Michigan to kind of be up one or two scores the entire game, and TCU just kind of playing catch-up. Um, I, I mean, I think most people assume that Michigan was the better team. They were eight-point favorites. I expect them to win by double digits. And really, it was kind of the opposite. TCU gets out to a big lead, and Michigan's playing catch-up. Um, and, and similarly to what we saw with Michigan-Ohio State this year, where Michigan just couldn't get a stop when they needed one. They had multiple opportunities there in the, in the end of the third, the fourth quarter, where they needed a big stop. Um, and, and TCU just couldn't be stopped. I mean, they, they ran the ball well. Max Dugan, Max Dugan did not play well, really, at all. He played well enough to win, I guess. Um, but I think the running game was the biggest difference for TCU in that game. Their ability to get to the second level with their running backs. And, and Michigan was bringing a lot of pressure. And when TCU got to the second level, they were gone. So you saw a lot of these, you know, these long touchdowns, these runs that were, that, that were broken out for touchdowns because Michigan's bringing a lot of pressure. And you get past the first level, and those guys are gone. So... Um, impressive. I don't think anybody expected the game to go like that. A lot of points, which is what we like. It's a lot of scoring. Really fun game. Um, but absolutely not the not the outcome I was expecting. I, maybe I doubted TCU. Um, I or maybe I was just too high on Michigan coming off of an impressive win against Ohio State and then a Big Ten championship. But I'm very impressed with TCU. I'm impressed with the weapons they have. And even though they gave up 45 points, I think their defense is pretty decent. Um, Max Dugan didn't even play well, like I said, and they still won. So I, they're they're a good football team. Um, shout out to who's their coach, like Sonny Dykes, whatever his first year as as, as a coach at TCU is in the national championship game. Um, entertaining game, I enjoyed it. I, I know Mitch Brand, uh, Brandon probably didn't enjoy it as much, but at the very least, you can say it was an entertaining game. It was good football. Very, very entertaining. Game. Trevor, any any couple you know, a couple thoughts here before I I discuss my Michigan opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think like Ben, I was I was pretty surprised at the not only the result of the game, but just like the way the game played out. Um, you know, I expected Michigan to be able to control the clock better um, with their running game in particular. Their running game wasn't uh, really that great. I expected it to be much better. Obviously, Donovan Edwards had like the one big run, I think 54 yards. But, you know, if you kind of take that out, their running game was, you know, it was it was kind of reduced a lot. TCU's defensive line did impress me a little bit. I didn't expect their defensive line to be that good. And then on the other side of the ball, TCU's running game was really good. So it was just, I guess, and kind of Ben kind of mentioned that, but I was just like, when I was thinking about it before the game, I was like, the war in the trenches, I think Michigan has the advantage, but it really wasn't the case because TCU's running game was much more effective than Michigan's, which was just kind of surprising to me. And then the other part of this game was just like how many mistakes there were. I can't help but uh, focus more on what Michigan did wrong than what TCU did right because Michigan did a lot of things wrong. Uh, J.J. McCarthy threw two horrible interceptions. They fumbled on the one-yard line. Um, you know, they had a lot of different opportunities. They had another opportunity to score a touchdown the, uh, within the five-yard line, couldn't do it. So there were so many opportunities that Michigan had 
and they kind of squandered them. Obviously, there there was that one call that the ref made where, you know, the big throw by McCarthy that to me looked like a touchdown. They said he was down at the one-yard line. That was right before the fumble. I thought that was a bad call. It looked like a touchdown to me, but, you know, nevertheless, that happens, and then Michigan fumbled on the one-yard line. But I don't know. I just can't help but look at all these mistakes and just think, man, Michigan kind of let this game get away. They really should have been able to win it um, despite despite the fact that, you know, TCU's running game was much better. They still could have won it, and they, they didn't. They squandered a lot of opportunities. So I think we have kind of the good and the bad here. You know, let's let's start with the bad because it's more – the bad's more about this game. I, I think Michigan – they I don't even think they played this, like, the most egregious game ever. They just didn't look like how they looked the whole entire year. They were unable to run the ball – and I, I think this is more of a testament to how good TCU is versus Michigan just playing bad. I do think Michigan played bad, but I think TCU played, they're just a good football team. TCU was able to, you know, run it straight in their mouth um, and run the ball well. You know, you look at Michigan, they had two runs from McCarthy and Edwards that were 93 yards, and they ran for 186 in total. So they ran about 90 yards on 38 carries. That's just not acceptable, especially for a Michigan football team that is built around the run. Not establishing the run really didn't do them well. Um, and, you know, you take away that first quarter. Besides the first quarter, Michigan beat them in total. Um, it'd be like 45 versus like 30, 40-something. 40 so, I, I mean, Michigan took that the rest of that game. And I, I think that was kind of the big, you know, the big difference was, was that first quarter, those two touchdowns really put Michigan behind. It's not really a way that they're used to play, uh, used to playing. So I, I think that, you know, this team did not take advantage when they were able to. They didn't execute. They were on the one-yard line so many times. They had the fourth down at the beginning of the game. They had the one-yard line when they had the big uh, uh, pass where they got called down at the one. I forget if it was Roman Wilson or uh, Ronnie Bell who had the catch. Um, you know, they had turnovers where they just didn't capitalize off points on those turnovers. And I just think the execution wasn't quite there. This is definitely a winnable game. Like they, they, they could have been able to come back and win this game. They just didn't quite take advantage of it. Now, the good news is a lot of these players that you saw in this game, offensively at least, are playing next year. McCarthy's back next year. Edwards is back next year. Roman Wilson's back next year. Uh, you know, we, we saw Cornelius Johnson a little bit. He's back next year. AJ Henning's back next year. Um, so most of the players we saw on offense and frankly defense will be back next year. Um, they don't have like a, a ton of losses this year. I've seen like a ton of people get on Michigan because like, oh, the recruiting class isn't that great. Well, their outgoing class isn't that big. They don't need to have a big recruiting class um, because a lot of their guys are staying. So I, I think next year is going to be another really, really good Michigan year. Um, they're going to be a good football team next year. I think McCarthy, McCarthy had a good year. I feel like there's like this perception that McCarthy sucks for whatever reason. I don't really understand that perception of like why he sucks. I mean, they're a run-first team, so he doesn't throw 40 times a game normally. Um, but they uh, they're gonna be pretty good next year, I think. And I, I you know that's the good that next year is gonna be a good year. I really think this team is special, and I wish that they could have won this game and had a chance against Georgia. Um, but you know what? It, it, it is what it is. Let's get to our final college football game here, uh, which of course is Ohio State and Georgia. This was this really came down to the wire here, and we saw really, I mean, I think we can all agree, like, Ohio State played, I think, the better game, did they not? Uh, like, Trevor, what did, I mean, don't you think that they played the better game? I mean, it, it felt like it. It felt like they did. I mean, 
you know, CJ Stroud, when when they when they played Michigan, when Ohio State played Michigan, I, I was like, you know, CJ Stroud has all this time in the pocket and he's not necessarily I, I don't think he played a great game against Michigan. But this Georgia game was by far, I think, the best I've ever seen him play. He was so impressive, just extending plays over and over again. There was one touchdown in particular that really stood out to me. Ohio State was up 14-7, to and it was the one play, I don't know, they might have been at like Georgia's 20-yard line or something like that, and he avoided multiple defenders. The pocket kind of collapsed on him, and he was able to escape it, and he threw a touchdown to like the, the right side of the end zone. It was just really impressive to me, and I just that play really stands out to me. But then, you know, as we got toward the end of the game, Ohio State has the big lead, 38-27, and Georgia, you know, they rally back. They score the touchdown, get the two-point conversion. Uh, then they hold Ohio State the field goal. They're able to come down and take the lead, 42-41. to On that final drive, Ohio State was in—I mean, they were—I know they didn't have a lot of time, but they were driving right down the field. Like, it, it wasn't like Georgia was— stopping them on that final drive. Ohio State was again driving right down the field, and it seemed like I thought Ohio State was going to win. I thought that they were going to get a chip shot field goal. They were going to set up their kicker for an easy one, and they were going to win the game. That's how I felt you know, early on that final drive. And then there was a play. I think it was a first down play. I think Kirby Smart might have called a timeout or something um, just to kind of give his defense a little bit of a break, which was a great timeout. They, clear, they definitely needed it because Ohio State had the momentum. And then Ohio State called a run play on that first down. And I just, it made no sense to me. It was kind of like, I think they were at maybe the Georgia 32 or something. And it was like, wait, are you just like running the clock out to let your kicker kick it, kick a 49-yard field goal? And that's what, when I saw that first down play, I was like, this makes no sense. Your team has the momentum. Keep letting, keep putting the ball in C.J. Stroud's hands to make, make more plays, get the field goal closer. And that first down play, they ran the ball. That really didn't make any sense to me. And then, obviously, second down, third down, they you know they weren't able to get completions there, and they had the field goal, which they missed. But that was one play. I was like, I don't. This call makes no sense to me. And and you know, Ohio State loses a heartbreaker. They played so well, uh, and credit to Georgia. But it it really felt like they had the game there for the taking. Yeah, and I I just feel like this game was so entertaining, so so entertaining. And even at the end, like the field goal should have been like a very good opportunity. Um, ben, what are you? What are your thoughts on the Ohio State game here? I, I agree with a lot of what Trevor said. I mean, I think going in, I, I talked to a couple of Ohio State fans. I'm not an Ohio State fan, but I talked to a couple, and they were like, they said the key to that game is CJ Stroud has to play well because against Michigan he did not play well, and he. I mean, Trevor, I think I agree with Trevor. Like he probably played his best game as as an Ohio State Buckeye. Um, maybe not stats wise, but just in terms of taking what the defense gives you, he looked like an NFL quarterback out there. He was phenomenal. His offensive line blocked great for him. I think he was only sacked once or twice. Um, he played phenomenal. He played well enough to win. And again, I know Ohio State, they're Ohio State. They don't do moral victories, but like Ohio State proved that they, they belong. Like they absolutely hung with Georgia. And again, it's Ohio State. Their goal is not to prove that they belong with Georgia. Their goal is to beat Georgia. But I was so impressed. My, I mean, my prediction going into this game was Ohio State would come out swinging to be close and then Georgia would pull away in the second half. Um, and that kind of happened, but not to the extent that I think any of us thought. Ohio State, up until a minute left in that game, and really up until the clock hit zero, they looked like the better team. Um, I, I'm very impressed with them. I Again, like they lost the game, but I, I think it was a really, really impressive showing for Ohio State. And Georgia's just a really good team. I mean, they're just hard to beat. Um, I mean, you let Stetson Bennett go down the field that last drive. He looked phenomenal, and I don't think he played fantastic the entire game. And I will say this, and I, I, don't, hate, I don't hate Georgia at all, but Stetson Bennett is kind of annoying me, and here's why. 
Stetson Bennett, like, and I don't know if you noticed this, Trevor, when you're watching the game, but any, anytime Georgia scored, Stetson Bennett talks, like, so much trash, and he walks around, like, he was, like, strutting around like he's, like, the greatest player of all time, when, like, most of the times he was just handing the ball off or he's dumping it down. He talks a lot of trash considering he's not that great. He's good. He's a good system quarterback, but he, he acts like he's freaking, like, the next coming of Jesus Christ, and it's just, like, I don't know, it bothers me a little bit, but he's a winner, so he can do whatever he wants. I just thought I just thought that bothered me. That was, like, one of my pet peeves with Stetson Bennett. Yeah. He, like, he thinks he's all that. Like, there was one, he handed it off, and they, they scored a long touchdown. I get it, you're excited. But he was, like, strutting down the field, like, staring at Ohio State's sideline. I'm like, dude, you just handed the ball off. Like, I, I, I get it. Like, it's your team. But at the same time, I don't know. He just bothers me. He bothered me a little bit there. But, again, he looked phenomenal on that last drive. All the credit to him. He did well. He played well enough to win. Um, I don't know. That's just me. Trevor, did you notice that? Uh, he bothers me a little bit. Yeah. Not to mention he's like 40 years old out there playing. That <laughs> bothers me too. Yeah, if I can make a Friday Night Lights reference, last year I used to always call Stetson Bennett Matt Saracen because he was the walk-on quarterback. The the whole story, the perception of him and like, oh, he's the underdog. He's the guy who's not really supposed to be here. And then he rallies this team that has so much talent around him, and, you know, to the to the championship. And he gets a little bit of swagger near the end a little bit. But then this season, I, I guess, w- w- to your example, and I don't want to act like, I don't know Stetson Bennett, so I'm not going to, I have no idea. But maybe he did get a little bit of an ego, you know, a little bit better <laughs> than he actually yeah. is. And Matt Saracen would have never done that with the Dillon Panthers. He, he never would have done that. He was always the underdog, the the guy, usually kept quiet. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. It's more it's more J.D. McCoy than Matt Saracen if you uh, are a Friday Night Lights fan. That is a good point, Trevor. And I'll say this. I forgot to mention this. I think Kirby Smart called the greatest timeout of all time. Ohio State has the ball. It's fourth and one. They fake a punt, but Kirby Smart calls a timeout right before that play goes off. Ohio State, they ran the play. Ohio State got the, the, got the fake easy. It was an easy fake punt. But Kirby Smart, right before the, the play, they, they blow it dead as the play's happening. And at that point, Ohio State's up two scores. They have the ball driving. Um, if Ohio State gets that first down, if Kirby Smart doesn't call that timeout, they fake, they fake that punt, they get the first down. Not only is it first down, but anytime you get a fake like that, it's a lot of momentum for you. Um, you might kill another minute or two off the clock at the very least, and look what happens. Georgia scores with a minute left. Maybe that's the difference in the game if Kirby Smart does not call that timeout on that on that fourth one that Ohio State faked a punt. So, um, in my opinion, seriously, like, and this is such a stupid thing, but I think that's seriously one of one of like the most important and most clutch timeouts I've seen in a college football game. Because of what that did, that gave Georgia the ball back, down two scores. They go down. I think they get a, I think they get a field. I don't know. They they score on that next drive after they stop that fake punt. They get the ball back again. Obviously, they go down and score again to take the lead with a minute left. But credit to Kirby Smart. He, he clearly saw something. Ohio State. I don't know if that was a plan or if they checked into that fake punt. But Kirby Smart saw something. He was right. He blows that play dead. Ohio State has to punt it after that. They can't fake it after they already faked it once. Um, and I think that's the difference in the game right there. Yeah, there was that timeout and the timeout on the last drive when he, which I guess you can argue it's a weird, unorthodox timeout to call, but when Ohio State, you know, they get the first down uh, to the Georgia 31, he called a timeout there too um, with 24 seconds left in the game, which basically, in my view, gave his defense a rest. Now, you can easily, like, if you can do hindsight 2020 if Ohio State goes and wins that game, maybe you talk about it differently, but that kind of seemed like a pretty good timeout too. And I, last thing I'll say, because we spent a lot of time on this game, I, I was not a fan of, of the Ryan Day hate after the Michigan game in the first place, but Ohio State fans are crazy. That's what they do. I, I, think, I think Ryan Day is a good coach, and I think he coached a, a great game in this game. I mean, he's, he, Georgia's just a better team. 
I mean, Georgia just had more talent. They're the better football team. I think Ryan Day's job in this game was to get his team ready to play a game, and they played probably their best game of the year yesterday. So I give Ryan Day a lot of credit. I, by no means do I think he should be fired again. There's some Ohio State fans that maybe will say, well, Jobs for national championships. He hasn't done that. I think he's a good coach, and I think that they're lucky to have him for the time being. I, I think that's a good way to put it, Benny. And it's a really good way to put it. Uh, let's move along here because we've, we've spent a lot of time in college football. Um, and let's get to an interesting draft. We're, we're going back to the draft. We haven't done a draft in a little bit. Um, and as we know, today is New Year's. Happy New Year's, everyone. I don't know if we said that. Um, so for New Year's in celebration, we are going to do our a little draft, a little snake draft, three-round snake draft on our top 2022 sports moments. Um, so we do have a draft order. Uh, the draft order was selected randomly. Um, which I did on a random generator, and Trevor, you have the first pick, I have the second pick, and Ben, you have the third pick. So, Trevor, you are up first. What would you like to take? All right, so my, in my opinion, the best or my favorite, either way, it's it would be the same answer. Um, with the number one pick here, I have to go with the Bills-Chiefs divisional round game in the playoffs last year because, to me, from a from a neutral standpoint, and we talked about this at the time, like I've seen some good Patriots games, obviously, but this was one of the best football games I had ever seen in my life. So it, it has to be number one. I mean, the, the 13 seconds, obviously, that Mahomes had, and he throws that pass to Kelsey, forces overtime after, you know, Josh Allen and the Bills drive down and make a great drive, and then obviously the overtime, and, you know, the Chiefs get the toss and they win it, but that game in particular was just again it, it was so incredible and you can even like zoom out a little bit and just that entire divisional round I think all of those games were were very close I think the Bengals won a close one against the Titans uh San Fran won a close one obviously the Rams uh beat the Buccaneers by three points all those games were super close in that divisional round and this game was just awesome so Trevor this was my number one thing as well that's what I was gonna take um, since you took that one, I gotta think about what I want to do here. Um, I right, take a second, Brandon, then, because I have something to say. Go ahead. Trevor, I'm so happy you took that because I didn't even have that on my list. I totally forgot about that game. What? It didn't even cross my mind. I totally what? forgot about really? that. Really? That was even, my number did one. Did not even ben. cross no my way. mind. I have. I have like four NFL things on this list, and that was not one of them. I don't know why. I just totally forgot about it. So if it would have gone to me, if I would have had the first or second pick and I had that ability to pick that and I didn't, I would have been so upset. So oh I'm very my. glad that that's off the board because I would not have picked it. I totally forgot about that game. Fantastic game. Awesome game. I was literally watching the highlights of that game like a week ago, and I, I, I totally forgot about it. That's just how my brain. Works. I can't believe you. That was literally my. That was what I would have taken if if, if Trevor didn't take it. Right, it was like almost a year ago, Brandon. You know I forget things easily. Like I just didn't think. All right, so I'm I'm gonna do. I I think this is what I'm gonna do here. Um, I'm gonna go with a classic here. Um, and I ah, uh, this is tough. This is tough. I I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna take St. Peter's magical elite eight run in the tournament last year um you know who did they end up losing to unc right trevor yeah unc i i think at a point in time last year everyone in the country was a a saint peter's fan um and i think in terms of just memorable sports things that'll be like memorable past this year this one's gotta be up there i mean we haven't seen a team like this go that far in so 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 long 
Um, and I mean, like, there's there's so many people like NIL deals. We had so many famous people talking about it and tweeting about it. So I I think that this was a a solid second choice. I'm gonna go with St. Peter's run in the March Madness tournament this past March. That's a that's a great pick. Did you have that on your list, Again. Trevor? Yep, I it was it was number five on my list. Okay, it was okay. it was definitely up there. Did you have it on your list, Ben? No, I totally forgot about it. Didn't even cross. My mind. <laughs> I want to know what you're gonna be taking. <laughs> ben, Those are my Ben's top forgetting two. everything. All right, Did Ben. Did not even cross my mind. To you, you get two um, picks though. You get two picks. I know, and I'm I'm thinking about the order that I want to pick these two picks because it does matter for the graphic. It does matter which one I pick first. Um, all right, I'm just gonna do the first one on my list. The first one I thought of, easy, easy, it, it, by far the the best thing that happened in sports this year. Um, if you'll let me, I'm just gonna say this: the entire playoff run for the Cincinnati Bengals. If that, if you, if that, <laughs> if you're allowing me to take that, I will take that. I mean, you can take it. It's just such a bad answer. Okay, it's not because we're doing. We're, what do you mean we're doing favorite sports moments? That's by far my favorite sports moment of the year. I mean, this is gonna be posted on Twitter.com backslash I'm aware. Small bowler, and, and you're and gonna as you're, a Bengals fan, how could I not choice. Put that ben, you could have taken this with your last choice. But it's my favorite one. It'd be All doing right. injustice to fair enough. I support it, Ben. I support it. I don't, but fair enough. I mean, a historic run. They they win they win two playoff games on the road as underdogs. They win their first playoff game in 31 years. Um, they have a historic comeback against the Chiefs. Again, the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes down 21 to three, embarrass them in the second half, completely shut down Patrick Mahomes in the second half, baffle Andy Reid. He doesn't know what's going on. They they win that game. They go on to their first Super Bowl in 30 whatever, 32, 33 years. Um, just a fantastic run. I don't know how I like if I didn't have that as my number one, I'd be upset with myself. I mean, that's by far my favorite part of 2022. Okay, well that was horrible. What was what's your next pick? I have no other comment besides that's horrible. The next one, <laughs> um, I have a cup. See, this is hard because now that there, I can only pick three, and there's definitely ones that I'm going to leave off that I don't want to. Um, my next one, I'll go. Duke UNC Final Four game, historic game, oh. uh, probably the most anticipated Final Four game I I I've, I ever remember. I ever remember seeing, um, especially between two teams that I just don't care about at all. I I remember being very excited for that game. I mean, the storylines going in were phenomenal. You have Coach K and, and his magical run, his his fairy tale, whatever his final year that that he made about himself for nine months or whatever. Um, just to, I mean, you got the biggest rivalry in the sport, and on the biggest stage in the sport in the Final Four, UNC obviously wins that game. They end, they end Coach K's career, but in a, in a, well, a fantastic game. It was a, a one-possession game or whatever. Um, the biggest stage, the biggest names in the sport. Um, just a fantastic game all around. Yeah, if I, this was very high on my list, Ben. I, I love that you took it because this this was so great for so many reasons. I mean, number one, the Duke-North Carolina rivalry, to me, per, this is just my personal opinion, I think this is the best rivalry in sports, is the Duke-North Carolina basketball rivalry. I absolutely love it. Um, it's been historically very close, obviously so many great coaches. And the fact that North Carolina, a team who – through January last year was terrible. They had they had no shot at making the tournament. They go on this incredible run. They beat Coach K and Cameron, um, you know, in uh, I think it was late February. And then they go in the tournament. They go in this run. They meet up with Duke in the Final Four, and they beat them there too. And like the game was really good. It wasn't like North Carolina won by twenty points. Like very close, wire to wire win. And this is the last game of Coach K's career. North Carolina ends his career. So I, I thought that was such a massive moment. And I had a very high, I had a number three. I was kind of hoping I would get it. But uh, I think this is an awesome pick, Ben. 
Thank you, Justin. Two good picks for me, no big deal. I didn't have either one of these on my top seven here. So I'm trying to think what I want to do here. There's two things that I want. Um, I'm going to take the one that I think you're more likely to take, Trevor. And I'll take one of the two other ones that are the possibility here. So I'll go with this. I'm going to go as my second pick with Bill Russell's retire number retirement. Um, Bill Russell is someone personally that I like look up to. I think that he was an amazing, amazing basketball player, but he also did a ton of really great stuff off the basketball court. And I think his passing was a very sad time for like a lot, a lot of people. He's just a very, very, very well-liked person. His number of retirement was across the NBA, so no one that is not currently wearing number six um, can ever wear number six again. So I think this was just a very, very impactful sports moment of this era, and I am very happy to take this with my second pick. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fantastic pick. Obviously, Bill Russell is just, to the sport of basketball, I mean, he means everything to the sport of basketball. So I, I, I love this pick. All right, Trevor, it's to you. Are you... Oh, it is to me. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. You get so two. So it's to me. Um. No. Oh, I do get two. You're right. You're right. All right. So, with my next pick, um, I'm getting my number two pick. Um, although I wasn't super worried that you guys were going to necessarily take it. Um, but I'm going specifically not the Warriors winning the NBA Finals. I'm going specifically with Stephen Curry's Game Four incredible performance because this was his legacy game. This was. Steph Curry, this was the biggest moment of his career. He had 43 points, 10 rebounds. He rallied the Warriors back for this Game 4 win after they were down 2-1. to one. They were in jeopardy of going down 3-1. to one. And, I mean, he just put on a show. And that game, watching it live, was so amazing. And uh, just watching Steph Curry be able to do this, obviously, the Warriors get their fourth championship. Um, cementing them, you know, easily as a dynasty, and Steph Curry getting his Finals MVP. That was a huge moment, and just one of the one of the better all time games I've seen from a, you know, an individual player. Interesting. All right, I I I'll accept that. Uh, Trevor, you get another pick. Okay, so next up, I'll just go. So I got to go with my my next pick here, uh, which is the World Cup final. Uh, the World Cup final, I'm going to take because. I mean, this game was so incredible. It's and we were recording a podcast at the time, but I had it on the background. Had just had to watch it on mute most of it. But this game was so good. Obviously, Messi gets the World Cup that you know he was looking for. Um, obviously, to kind of, I mean, he's already one of the greats, but to kind of put him in the conversation. Obviously, with you know, you look at a guy like Maradona. Rest in peace, Pele, who unfortunately just passed away as well. Just an incredible figure for for the sport, you know, internationally, worldwide. And now Messi, this guy, he's able to get the World Cup, and he played very well in this game. Um, obviously, you know, it was and it was a really back and forth game. Argentina had a big lead, two to zero. France comes back. We talked about it on the podcast two weeks ago, and Mbappe plays really well, but. For Argentina to get this win and just this game, it was it was so good and definitely one of the better soccer games I've ever seen in my life. So, Trevor, I'm happy you took this one because there's another World Cup moment that I wanted to take and I was hoping you wouldn't take. But if you did take the other World Cup moment, I was content taking the World Cup final with Argentina getting that World Cup, Messi getting the World Cup. I want to take Morocco advancing past the group stage. 
Um, and I think this is so great because, of course, Morocco was the uh, first African uh, team to, to get out of the group stage, which is obviously a very, very big deal. Um, and they actually have like a very promising future. They have a player, I'm, I'm not going to know his name, but they have a player on PSG who's like their leading goal scorer, um, who's really, really good. Um, and I really wanted to take this moment because I thought it was a very, very important sports moment in general, but also for this year. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I mean, their run was super surprising to me. Them, obviously, Croatia had a run too, but Croatia had made the championship game in the past. So yeah, Croatia is Croatia is very good. Yeah, much more surprising. No, no one really expected Morocco to do this, and they had they knocked off two like they knocked off a couple like powerhouses. I think they knocked off uh, Spain. I think they beat yeah. Portugal. And then so, I mean, Morocco yeah. made the the semifinal. They they beat Portugal one yeah. zero to to get to the semifinal. So that, I mean, their run was just amazing. Amazing. All right, Ben, you get two picks, or no, you get one pick to uh, to wrap it up here. Yeah, last pick, Mister Irrelevant here. Um, th- this is I got. I'm between two. You guys are gonna not gonna think either one's good, but I think they're both great. This is tough. All right, I'll take the one I I I wrote down first. I remembered it first. Um, I'll take Bryce Harper's go ahead home run in Game Five of the NLCS. I mean, a defining moment in his career. I mean, again, this is somebody that has been a, a prodigy for baseball. I mean, from the day he was 18 years old, he was looked at as you know the next star of baseball. He's essentially been that since he made his debut whatever like 20 years old um i mean exactly what like what you you see in movies things like that it's the bottom of the eighth they're down one he's got a guy on first base he hits a two-run home run to go up one and ultimately clinch clinch a world series berth for for, uh for his team the biggest moment and one of the biggest stars in baseball's career um absolutely a, a fantastic moment a moment that i remember watching live and it's one of those things like when you watch something like that it's like this is why postseason baseball is so awesome because you have a packed out stadium that you don't see very often in baseball. Um, I mean, the camera's shaking. It's Philly, so they're going absolutely wild. Um, he's fired up. His teammates fired up. Um, just, just an incredible moment by one of the stars in, in the sport. So I had to take that with my last pick. Again, you guys aren't going to like it because it's baseball. But in terms of baseball, it's probably the biggest baseball moment of, the, of this past season. Uh, that's crazy because there's at least two bigger baseball moments. One of them I really didn't want to take. Actually, there's three bigger baseball moments. Which I feel like now we can say our honorable mentions. Pujols hitting 700 home runs is way bigger. Nah. Um, Aaron Pujols, Judge so breaking the AL record. And then Dusty Baker. Nah, it's the Yankees, though. Nobody likes that. It's only the AL record, though. It's not the total I know. record. I didn't, so, yeah, wanna, I, didn't, I didn't put that one in there because I'm like, it's stupid. But, I mean, it's still more impressive than Bryce Harper doing whatever you just said. And Dusty Baker winning the World Series. I love Dusty Baker. He's best i have i have a personal connection so, with Dusty Baker. i have a couple more here that i wanted to talk about that are in my like honorable mentions the first one i wanted to talk about was the games we saw yesterday i didn't want to take this one but i think it's important to mention that this is one of the better college football playoffs we've had at least semifinals um i have michigan winning at ohio state for the first time since 2000 another one i didn't want to take but i think is important to mention pool 700 home runs I mean, Trevor, I'm surprised you didn't take this, but the NBA 75 I had on here. Um, yeah, it, w- it was up there for me for sure. And that was, I loved it so much just because we got to see so many, like, uh, you know, st- like today's NBA stars and the stars of the past interact with each other. We got to see Michael Jordan interact with LeBron James. We got to see Michael Jordan joke around and challenge Magic Johnson yeah. to a to a game of one-on-one with Dwayne Wade and, you know, other players standing there laughing. 
stuff like that. It it was so good, and it was on my list. Um, I you know I just three my other three picks were higher on my list. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions, Ben, Trevor, whatever ones you guys want to state? Um, my other one, it was between Bryce Harper and then Serena. I mean, I was Serena's gonna pick Serena a good one because that was that was the only time I can ever remember people like not just like like a, a decent amount of people like millions of people going out of their way to watch a tennis match. It doesn't happen very often in this country. Um, so that was that was the one I was I was kind of deciding if I should pick it. Yeah, yeah I yeah. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Um, yeah, Trevor. the Serena one. The Serena one's huge. Um. I had so I had two more things that were pretty high on my list. I had Tennessee beating Alabama this year. Yeah, that's uh, a good with, one. With the the field storming, I mean that was just uh, the first time they've beaten Alabama at, like in a long time too. I don't yeah, remember the time I mean, period, but it was clearly a game that meant a lot to Tennessee. And watching that game, it was a very good game. Uh, the other thing I had, I think you guys forgot this. Raiders Chargers Week 18 last season. Oh, the Chargers. That's a good one. The Chargers converted six, I think it was six fourth downs in a row, I believe it was. Uh, they still lost, but the game went in overtime. It was an incredible game, obviously, to only to be outmatched a couple weeks later by Chiefs-Bills. But nevertheless, that was also a really good game. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good one. All right, well, this will be posted on Twitter, and you guys will be able to vote who has the best draft. I can you? I really feel like I have the best draft. I, I rarely ever feel like I come out on top. Ben, yours no. is the worst. That one's easy. Um, but it's opinions. Like, how can... Well, it's going to be voted on, so someone's going to have That's opinions. That's fine, but, like, it's my opinion. So it, All right, to you, it's the best. Wrong, to you, it's the best. Trevor, what were the three that you had? Can you read them off? I had... So I had Chiefs, Bills. Uh, then I had Steph Curry's Game 4. Um, and then the World Cup Final. You know, yeah, you so have I, a good three, I, I think, too. I like your three. I, th- I think mine's pretty easily going to get the popular vote here just because of, you know, nah, you're too confident. I mean, the Mine's significance of it. Um, and I think it's, I think I should win. But, We're going to you know, see. I know I, it I won't be Ben. Team, you know? I know it won't be Ben, so it'll be between me and you. Again, it depends on who's voting. If I can get a bunch of Cincinnati people to vote on it, I'd win for sure. <laughs> but that won't happen. Yeah, it probably won't happen. I, I, think, I think Trevor or I will take it. I do like your picks, Trevor. You, you did have a very good draft. I, I respect it. Um, let's keep on moving along here over to the NBA uh, Trevor, quick, quick NBA day. I don't think there was uh, too much to talk about. A couple topics you want to talk about before we get to the NFL. Yeah, so what I wanted to mention today is just the insane stat lines that are being put up by just like these individual performances, these players that are playing so well. And I think what I've been thinking about all week is that, and I, and I know like we, we've talked about in the past, like the talent gets better, gets better and better every single year, pretty much, you know, I guess largely speaking. But for me, and the whole definition of a superstar is really difficult. It's like, I don't know. What, what, is the, what is the definition of a superstar? What makes one? I don't know. Whatever it is, I feel like there are more truly great players, guys that we're going to be talking about for, you know, until, until the day we all die, like for the rest of our lives, how great some of these players are. We have more amazing all-time great players than ever before in NBA history. Right now, just looking, and, and Steph Curry's injured right now, so unfortunately he's not really in this conversation, but there's six obvious guys right now that all have a case to win MVP this season. You have Luka Doncic, who, LeBron. you know, <laughs> well, maybe I'll get to LeBron, I don't know. But Luka, 
Luka Doncic, he goes and he puts up this 60-20, it was like 60-21-10, and 10, something like that performance, which has never been done. No one's ever put up a 60-20-10. and 10. He's now rallied to the, Ma- the Mavs to the, the fourth best record in the West. He's averaging 34 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds, uh, you know, over 50% shooting, just absolutely nuts. Then you can go, you can look at Joel Embiid. He's putting up 33 a game, 10 rebounds. You go to Giannis, obviously doing more of what he normally does. Just, you know, 32, 12, and 5. No big deal. No one else has, you know, ever done that outside of, you know, I think Larry Bird put up 30, 10, and 5. Or, well, no, there's a couple other guys. But it's just insane. Then you can go Jason Tatum. He's another guy. What he's been doing with Boston. And Kevin Durant. All six of those guys have a real case to win the MVP. And, you know, if you tell you can tell me any one of those guys should win the MVP, and I won't argue. I'll be like, yeah, you say Kevin Durant, yeah, yeah, Kevin Durant, he, yeah, that's a reasonable take. All six of those guys are incredible. And then you can look outside of those six guys. You can go, oh, and I missed uh, Nikola Jokic. He's part of that six. Nikola Jokic, he's been incredible as well. You know, ridiculous efficiency numbers, what he's done with this Nuggets team. He's part of that six. And now outside of that six, how about who who didn't I mention? I didn't mention LeBron, who just on his 38th birthday had 47, 10, and 9. I didn't mention uh, Devin Booker, who's been really good. Donovan Mitchell, I didn't mention him. Shea Gilgis-Alexander. You can just go down the list. How about Zion? Zion, who the guy that, you know, just a year ago, we were so worried about Zion's like, is he ever going to be fully healthy? Is he ever going to be the guy that we thought when we were watching him at Duke? And he's now playing like that guy that we all thought he could be with the Pelicans, and the Pelicans are really good. They're one of the two or three best teams in the West. So you could just go down all the stars. It's just incredible on a nightly basis that it seems like we get some sort of individual performance from a guy every single night. And that's why I love the NBA, or it's one of the reasons why I love the NBA so much. And it's why even though some of these games, you know, don't have as much significance, you can argue, they still are so fun and so entertaining to watch just because... There's so much talent now, and it's it's just insane. The league is more talent-filled than ever. Um, let's move on here to our last topic on the day, which is, of course, the NFL. And as always, we're going to start with our biggest takeaways from Week 16. Ben, I'm going to start with you. Uh, week 16 was, you know, like every week in the NFL, an interesting week. Um Let's see. Do we have any like crazy, crazy upsets? I don't think we had too many crazy upsets. Uh, the Bengals almost lost, but they did not. That's not surprising. Yeah, I don't think it was that not that crazy of a week. Any takeaways that you want to talk about, though? Yeah, I mean, Pack- Packers-Dolphins was, was a good game on, on Christmas last week. Um, I think the biggest takeaway was just like, and yeah, I know Tua got concussed or whatever, but he just didn't play well. And maybe that was because he wasn't 100%, which didn't seem like he was, but he just didn't play that well. Um, and the Packers, we already crossed them off. They had a 3% chance of making the playoffs like a month ago, and now all of a sudden they win today. It's up to like 62%, I think I just saw. So Packers are scaring me a little bit. They're getting hot at the right time. Um, but I, I, I mean that, and then maybe you could, I guess you could say Eagles-Cowboys because that's probably a matchup that we're going to see again in the, in the playoffs. I think that's very likely that we're going to see those two teams again because they're two of the best teams in the NFC. Um, but not, not a bunch of, not, not, not a great week for the NFL last week, and I don't think this week's that much better, honestly. But it's the NFL, so there's all there's always some something to uh, to talk about. Yeah, a hundred percent, Trevor. Any takeaways you want to talk about? Yeah, uh, Cowboys Eagles. That was one. Obviously, Jalen Hurts didn't play, but still a really good game. Huge win for the Cowboys. They they needed that one. 
uh, you know, Vikings-Giants, another solid game. The Vikings are able to, uh, you know, eke out a close one again there. Um, and then the Carolina Panthers. I got to mention them because I have, I have an interest. I'm invested in them, them, obviously, and they get the win over the Lions. Now they still need they, they need to keep winning. They I mean, in order to win that bet against you, Brandon, they'd probably have to beat the Bucks today. Or they, yeah, they, probably, they probably they need do. two wins. They do. So are you a, are you a um, Panthers fan today then, Trevor? Are you pulling for a Bucks? Oh! No, I, I can't do that. That's tough. I can't, That's a tough I dilemma can't you not, I, ha, I can't not root for Tom Brady, obviously. But, you know, it, it's the only hope I have for the bet. So I, I guess you could say it's a win-win. Um, <laughs> not really. But yeah, the Panthers obviously. They, even if they, they win, though, the bet, but it's a lot. They, yeah, they still even need if they the win, Lions to lose. Yeah, they need the Lions to lose. Um, which I don't know. I mean, I guess it could happen. Um, all right, let's go to our cross off. Uh, not much more to talk about week sixteen. This cross off this week is really really easy. We're going to do the Atlanta Falcons. No discussion needed because they are eliminated. Um, the Ravens eliminated them this past week. I think even if the Ravens lost and the Falcons won, they still would be eliminated. Um, so, uh, rough, rough go for it this season for the Falcons. They need to find a quarterback. Pretty easy. I don't think there needs to be too much discussion just because they got eliminated. So, Falcons are our cross-off this week. Um, let's move on here to SVP bets. This is where we have bets with each other, all three of us in the podcast, and then one overlying bet. Um, for dinner, I think, right? It's for dinner? Yes, sir. So, you know, a little fun bet. So, we have our overlying bet is the average point scored in the league this year. I guess 22.9, Trevor guessed 22.4, and Ben guessed 22.2. Uh, ben, this is all but wrapped up for you. It actually went down this past week from 22.1 to 22 on the dot. Nice. Um, so, I, I think you are firmly in the lead going to win this. There would probably have to be a very large averaging of points to get it up to my number and a relatively large averaging number of points to get it up, up to Trevor's. So, you take the win, I think, there. We'll see, though. We'll see. I guess it could change. Um, ben, between me and you, it is Herbert versus Josh Allen touchdowns. I think this one's chalked up, too, and you won this. What is the difference right now? Yeah, it's not close. Her, uh, Josh Allen has 32. Herbert's got 21. Yes. Uh, I mean, Herbert threw, Herbert threw zero last week, which pretty much ended end discussion, uh, which is perfect because I need Josh Allen to throw exactly zero touchdowns this week. That would be perfect. So, I mean, not really a close, close race there. Yep, that, that seems like that's that. Uh, ben, you probably won that one. Uh, ben, between you and Trevor, we have, what was it, Burrow versus Brady touchdowns. One of them has been great this year, and one of them is horrible. So what are the touchdown differences? Yeah, even a bigger blowout in this one. Burrow's got 34, Brady's got 21. Yikes. Um, it's chalked. It's chalked. Both of those are chalked, Trevor. We yeah, did done. not do so well on those bets. Um, I do, I'll say this, I wish Herbert had, like, a healthy offense, because then it would have been closer. I don't know, 11's still a lot to make up. He probably wouldn't have gotten 11, but it would have been closer, it would have been more fun. Um, and then, Trevor, me and you, we had, we had the bowl game, we had the small baller bowl game this past week, Panthers and Lions, um, and the Panthers did win, so it's now a one-game difference. I still feel good, I think I'm gonna win this, the Panthers are really bad, uh, the Lions are a much better football team, even though they did just lose. Um, so I feel good, but I, I don't know. It's not great. It's not great. Trevor, one of us is going to come out with no wins, it seems like. So this, this, the Lions <laughs> yeah. versus Panthers is the small baller. That's where our attention is going to be. Uh, because one of us is going to get some dinner and one of us is getting zero dinners. Yep. So. The Panthers need to make one more game up in order for me to win this bet. Um, so either they have to win both these last games, Detroit only 
goes one and one, or they need Detroit to win or lose both, and they have to win one to, in order yeah. for me to win it. Yeah, it is possible, though. It's very possible. Um. Okay, and to wrap up here, we're, of course, going to look at the games that are today and tomorrow, um, any games that we're excited about. Obviously, the big circled one. Um, is going to be the Monday nighter, uh, the Bills Bengals game. Then what are you expecting? Because the line's pretty close. It's minus one um, to Buffalo, but the game is in Cincinnati. Uh, what 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 are you what are you expecting as a Bengals fan? Um, expecting a lot of offense. I I think it should be a good game. I mean, I hope it's a good, good game. I don't really know what to expect honestly, um, other than hopefully a, a a good game. I think it's probably the second most anticipated game this year, other than than Bills Chiefs earlier this year. Um, I mean, it, had, it was it was one of those you had circled on the on the calendar from the second that the schedule was released in May. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, tickets are going for stupid expensive. I, I heard on the news yesterday or a couple of days ago that somebody had that had five tickets was offered twelve grand, and he said, "No way, I'm not selling you. I'm not selling my tickets." Um, I know Brandon would make the same exact decision if he had that 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 option. Um, but I don't know. It should be a good game. I will say, if you're going off of what the ESPN Football Power Index says. Then this should be a complete blowout. They ESPN predicts this game will be thirty-seven to nine Bills. That is what the, what? the numbers say. The, the computers <laughs> is it really? Say if you ask ESPN, yeah, absolutely. That seems I can, ridiculous. I can send you a screenshot. Um, so I'm going to use that as motivation against the Bills for, oh, for this game. I'm fired up because of that. I don't know why. I guess the computers at ESPN don't don't like the Bengals, but um, I expect that to be way wrong. I do think it should be a good game. I'm excited for it. Again, one of, probably one of the most anticipated games of this year. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. Hopefully. I, I've been saying this for a couple weeks now. I, I think the Bengals are, are up there in the AFC North with the Chiefs. Uh, I think the Bills are firmly... Oh, the Chiefs aren't in the AFC North. Or, that was I meant in the AFC. AFC. <laughs> um, you don't even know your own division. The, the, the Chiefs and Bengals are the two best teams in the AFC North. I think the Bills are a close third. I expect the Bengals to win this game, but in no way is it clear-cut. Both of these are very teams are very good football teams, um, and I, I expect uh, a really good game. I'm excited to, to be watching tomorrow night. Um, I'll take the Bengals by six. That'll be my official prediction. Trevor, what do you think about this week or the Bengals-Bills game? Yeah, I mean, like you said, the Bengals-Bills game, that's the best one of the week. I, I can't wait for it. I'm, I'm glad it's on Monday night, you know. Uh, we get a good Monday night game. We've had a lot of bad Monday night games this season, so we got a really good one. I'm excited for that. Also, there's a lot of just a lot of games that have, you know, important playoff implications. I mean, you can go down the list, like Dolphins-Patriots is big. Bucks Panthers is big for the NFC South division. You know, it seems like the winner of that's going to get away with eight wins, which is pretty, pretty terrible. Um, you have, let's see, we got Jets Seahawks. Jets Seahawks is pretty big. Uh, Vikings Packers as well. The Packers still have a very small chance, but they do have a chance. Um, so, you know, a lot of games that, you know, matter in terms of playoff uh, seeds. Yeah, a lot of very, very important games. Um, all right, anything else you guys want to talk about before we wrap it up for today? No, all good. Anything else? All right, perfect. Well, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Small Baller Podcast. We appreciate your support as always. Go check out our website, thesmallballers.com. The link will be in the description. Um, we write articles on there, all of our podcasts on there. That's that's our hub. Go check it out. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at the Small Baller. Um, so you keep up to date when all of our podcasts go live. We'll surely have an AA team podcast going out this week with Avery and Aaron, which will be great. And of course, we'll be back next Sunday for the Small Ballers podcast. Um, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!